So, good morning. Morning, Chuck. Great to have you folks here. It's great to have you here as part of our their studio audience or our audience joining us online. We have a wonderful service ahead for you today. When I, when I really was looking forward to talking about, we've had some great conversations about this service as, as we've tried to put it together. And it's that whole idea of like, how do I actually find my purpose? And, and it's, it's easy, folks, to forget this, to forget that we live pretty ordinary lives, like most of us do. Life, life for most people is not the big, epic, made-for-TV thing. Most of life is pretty ordinary, pretty mundane, pretty normal. And, and this question about purpose, this question about finding our, our true purpose in life, finding our spiritual purpose, finding our passion, it's so easy to think that the answer to that exists somewhere else. Like that here's my life, and that somewhere tucked way over here in this never-never land, there's this thing called purpose and passion. And what I would invite you to do with us today is I'd invite you to take that over there and to slide that back and to think, yeah, what if that existed in my life as my life is? Joe and Jane bag of donuts, just here we are. Finding the, the, the true purpose in, in life as it is. I mean, it's interesting, folks, uh, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, Andy Warhol had a great, he's a Pittsburgh guy, and he had, a, he had a great quote, which I love a lot, which is, most of us get 15 minutes of fame, total, in our whole life. And it's, it's a fun exercise to do sometime, you know, if you're in a group, have everybody go around and say what was one of their 15 minutes of fame, and most of us have had it, you know, we, we rode on an airplane, there was a famous person, or we... We were an extra in a movie that's never happened to me, but may have happened to you. You know, there's all these little bits, these little tiny pieces of fame out there. But think about it. 15 minutes over a whole lifetime, do we get to rub elbows with something that is quote-unquote famous? Now, some people do get more. Most of us probably get less. And that's okay, because that doesn't, that doesn't determine, the epic does not determine a life of purpose or not. Our perspective is what gets us to those things. Our, our view of God and how we can hold into it with God, that's, that's what gets us to those things. Now it's interesting just, just looking at this and, and the idea of the epic versus the ordinary, even with our simple jobs, right? It's, it's so easy to like think of a hierarchy, a hierarchy of work. And you think about, okay, what are the top three jobs that you think? Like, oh boy, I wish my kid would be this, this, or this. You know, what would, what would you say those would be? And those are those, those are those metrics of success. That somehow if my kid is this, that then they'll be successful versus that, which means they might not be somehow in some great cosmic ranking. I know, I know even for me, you know, uh, in, in some environments I go by reverend, and others I go by pastor, and others I go by Chuck. You know, all of those are different rankings of, of a sort. And imagine you all do the same thing. Imagine we all join in that. And how is it, folks, that we really move into, like, let's really discover, let's really work at discovering God in the ordinary today. Let's really discover purpose where we are today in the environments we have with the people who we love, with the life that God has given us. And, and why should we look at it that way? Well, that's because that's what God gave you. Like, he gave you that. So allow me to find it there. 
It's easy, again, to get into these, these, these comparison traps, these metrics of success. I love this New Yorker cartoon that speaks to that. Two couples on a couch having a conversation, and then one man says, this story reminds me of the time I walked on the moon. And, and I think we can get on that, right? Where we were like, well, I never walked on the moon. But we can still find, folks, this real gift, this real thing, just in the very ordinary. So as the band comes out here for our first song, I'd ask you to think about that. I'd ask you to think about how this might work in your life. How can you find God in the ordinary? How can we really hone in and, and look at life as life is, how, how life works, where things are, and then find ways to, to really find the extraordinary in the ordinary? And folks, the beautiful, beautiful part to today is it's there. It's there. What we need is we need the grace. We need the eyes to actually see it. So friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live.
beautiful song. I want you guys to hear that music, right? That music, so beautiful that, that the musicians just offered as a gift here. Because so much of this question, when we look to how do we discover our spiritual purpose, it's really, and this is, this is going to sound a little counterintuitive given our culture, it's really simplicity and humility. Isn't that interesting? It's really simplicity and humility. I, I know as, as we were planning this series, part, part of me yearned for like a workbook where we came up, we worked through 15 exercises, and by the end, what turned out was this beautiful purpose. And more and more, you know, just, just wrestling with this stuff, realizing, no, it's, it's really a simplicity and humility that gets us to our purpose. I mean, that music, so beautiful. And I think our lives, so much of our lives are that way. Our lives, in a certain sense, in a certain sense, are very unadorned. Um, you know, very ordinary. Again, I don't want to overplay that word, but I do. Very ordinary. And yet we can find the extraordinary in there and really start to see the world come alive. It's, it's a little like, folks, you know, the, the whole Wizard of Oz thing from black and white to color. It's still the same life. But we're just, we're just seeing it differently. We're seeing the miracle that so much of life is. And that's what I want to spend time today sharing together, is, is what, does that, what does that humility and that simplicity look like? How can we hold it in our lives? What, what can it really, really be? So I want to start, I want to start with, this, with this, with this fact. And I, I, it's a fact. I think it's a fact. And I just want to offer it to you as, as a place to start, as, as you start looking at that question, what is my purpose? How do I find passion in my life? And it's starting with a simple idea, which is that, that God calls you by your name. One of my favorite passages is in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, an amazing chapter, you know, thousands of years old, that's really, really powerful to read at any time you're feeling a challenge in your life. That's Isaiah 43, because I know we have people, anytime we preach, we have people who are really struggling. And Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43, I have called you by your name. Just full stop right there. Here's God, God of the universe. A God whose name was considered so all-powerful and so all-encompassing that in a Jewish tradition, in some Jewish traditions, it's, you can't even utter his name. It's so all-powerful. And here is that God saying, I have called you by your name. And from the Christian tradition, we take that same perspective and we, we kind of, we, we, we incorporate it, we, we enflesh it, we incarnate it in, in Jesus, in Jesus being God on earth. And, and God that idea, the same thing. Like Jesus is always calling people by their name. Just starting with that. So even, even in the ordinariness of your life, I'm going to come to this in a number of different ways. He is calling you where you are right now. It's not some distant echo over the mountains. It's calling you in your life right now. A beautiful passage with that, one that's, one that's preached on a lot because it's so beautiful. It's from Luke eleven nine, 9. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. 
For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And I, and I, love, I love that idea, you know, that it's, it's so sort of here and now grounded. You know, it's so, so here we are right now in our lives. And we're to be knocking on these doors of our lives to try to see the extraordinary that's right in there. And that, again, that takes that simplicity, that takes that humility to be open to hearing what that answer is. Now, now on the side, folks, is, is what can get in the way of that. Well, what can get in the way of that is our own dialogue around stuff. And our own dialogue will create its own little attachments. But those attachments aren't healthy. They're not, a lot of the time, they don't open us up to the extraordinary parts of our ordinary lives. When was the last time you contemplated how beautiful your life is on an ordinary day. Probably for most of us, it hasn't happened. And that's exactly where God finds us. And that's exactly where Jesus found his disciples. I, I find this, the call of the disciples is always such a fun part of the Bible to look at. And so, so Jesus comes out, he's, he's, for those of you who aren't aware, you know, he's in his early 30s, and he begins what's called his public ministry. Now, his public ministry is super short. Depending on how you, how you date it, it could be a two or three years, which is pretty miraculous, the, the world-changing impact that Christianity had, and it's based on this view of God, this view of Jesus, that was only really active for two or three years. Pretty incredible. And this is, there are many stories about how he calls disciples, and, and again, every one of the four Gospels offers slightly different stories, but this is one from Matthew. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Again, always say this, need to say it again and again and again. Jesus is always saying, follow me. He never says, worship me. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I, I love that, folks, you know, from the, from the idea that, that this, this part, they are discovering, Jesus is discovering them right in the ordinary. And we'll come back to the fact in a little bit that, that after the Easter story, after the death and resurrection, you know, they go back to fishing, which is a fascinating thing. You know, again, finding them right in their lives. And the idea that in our lives, even in the ordinariness, we have this beautiful, beautiful phrase that I just love. It's the phrase vocation. Now, vocation is not some cosmic, just a purely cosmic thing. I mean, it has cosmic elements to it. But it's that idea, and we've talked about this a lot in here. It's that idea of, of really hearing and heeding a call in our lives as our lives are. So how's that for you? The simplicity and humility to really hear the call where your life is today, right now. When we look at that, that friends, we can, we can start to understand vocation in a number, you know, sort of spinning it around in a number of different, of different ways. One is this idea, is vocation is where the cosmic and the ordinary meet. 
this, this, this ability to have the cosmic and the ordinary, it's, it's again, like, I, even this morning, I was thinking, I got no language for this, but I, but I know it to be true. It's amazing when we can watch those little transcendent moments where just, where just the ordinary and the transcendent meet. You know, even today, uh, you know, this morning, I was picking up coffee for our studio audience this morning. And, you know, as I'm picking up the coffee, there's a dad there, and he's obviously having a, a little date with his two little daughters, and he's chatting it up with them. You know, it was just like, yes, that's it. That's it. That's somebody practicing vocation. That is an example of where the transcendent and the ordinary meet. And what do we find there, folks? What do we find there? Discovering the magic in the ordinary. Discovering the magic in the ordinary. When we look at that idea of magic, we have a whole series we're going to be looking at pretty soon. You know, the whole discovery of the magic in the ordinary. I think about the times, right, just, just where those, those simple little human interactions that we have are just, they can just be so fraught with magic. You know, I was out to dinner with some friends last night, and there were many little moments that were, that were just pure magic in this, in this, just this gathering of friends. And those moments, I mean, they're, they're, they're ordinary in a sense. And, and yet, and, excuse me, I should back up. Ordinary in a sense. And if you were a fly on the wall, you may never see the ordinariness of it. This may just look like any other meal. And it was in a sense, but it wasn't in a sense. And that's what we're asked to lean into as much as we can, that, 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 that magic in the ordinary. And there are numerous ways we can, we can think about it here, folks. Numerous ways we might be able to lean towards this. You know, one of, the, one of the statistics, and we've used this statistic over here, and it's the place where most of us are in our lives. Uh, it's a statistic that's a little bit humbling. Statistic says this. You know, over 90%, I think it's 93% of the thoughts you think on any given day, same thoughts you thought the day before, 80% of which are negative. Many of you have heard that, me cite that statistic before you are not going to find your purpose doing that. You are not. If I'm not, none of us are. If you are spending 80% of your mental image, you know, of, of these recycled thoughts, and the recycled thoughts about all the wounds and hurts that are carrying with you through life, it's, you're going to be really hard-pressed to find purpose. I know when I'm in that spot, I'm really hard-pressed to find purpose. So, so what if we change that narrative? What if we said, okay, so 80% of those thoughts that are redundant that I think through every day, what if, what if I step into a new place and a new practice of saying, well, what if, what if I just came up, and this is just a little spiritual practice for you, what if, what if I came up with, with just writing out eight thoughts that are positive about the ordinary today? What if I did that? Folks, those thoughts are true. Those thoughts are accurate. And I would bet you this. I would bet you those thoughts will get you closer to your sense of purpose than the negative ones will. Again, not real complicated. Very simple. Very humble. And maybe that's, you know, as, as, as offering that, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe... Maybe that, 
that bit of just being humbled is, is, is a gift here. A gift that we can have as we, as we just allow ourselves to sort of be lowered down into our lives as our lives are. Not treading water up here to somehow escape the past or not frenetically trying to swim towards an towards a imagined future. And then what do we get to do here, folks? Well, I think this is an important part that always needs added. Vocation serves the common good. What do we get to do? We, we, get to, we have to be able to focus again and again. Like, this is never a self-fulfillment project. Your purpose is not just about you. Your purpose is not just about you. I mean, it has elements of you. You know, I, I love this Christian New Church concept of the as of self, that what God has, God has all these gifts, and we're to allow them into our lives. And one of God's greatest gifts of those gifts is to allow us to feel as if they were our own. Now, they're not our own. But we sure feels that way a lot of the time, and I think God celebrates that. We get to do that, we get to bring them in, and then we get to pass them out there into the world. And what we do, what we do is we do that, folks, is we start to learn to serve the common good. Like, what is the good out there? What is the good that people share? How, how do we create community? How do we create community? And a lot of that creating of community is done in very ordinary ways. Here's a beautiful passage from the book Heaven and Hell. This is talking about heaven. Everything and everyone contribute to the common good and does something useful. The community serves its parts and the parts serve the community. They provide for each other respectively. They focus on each other mutually and they are united in a way that gives every single component a relationship to the community and its well-being. Folks, just, just, look at those, just look at those lines. Provide for, focused on, united to. Provide for, focus on, united, I should say united in, not united to. I mean, folks, just, just, just imagine, you know, even, even that middle one is really striking. And again, this is, this is a service not with these huge intellectual insights. Like, let's keep it really simple. Just imagine in your life and the interactions you have and the ordinariness of it. You can just take the time to just, whew, really just let it go and really focus on the person right there in front of you. You know, I, I know I always have to be careful with dated comments because we have people who watch from all over the country, all times of the year. So this will sound very old or whatever to people, very out of place if you're watching this several months from now. But there's, there's a big game here in Philadelphia, a big football game here in Philadelphia today at 3 p.m. And, you know, the picture that comes to mind is, you know, many people have sort of football parties, which is fun to do. And great food, by the way. And, and just imagine as you're going through this line, you know, and you're, you're serving it up and you're da-da-da-da-da. Imagine you're chatting with somebody. Just, just think of the difference, right, between, between like, okay, so how do I get more macaroni and cheese, that being your primary agenda, to just putting down your plate and just thinking, how do I focus on this person in this interaction? I mean, just, just imagine, folks, right? Imagine full body listening today, just once, just try it once. 
That's not interesting. Like, that's where we find our purpose. Well, we can really do that focusing on the person right in front of us. Love the Lord your God, person right in front of you. We really can find that deep focus. That's, I mean, this is like crazy stuff, right? That's a huge way to serve the common good. Huge way to serve the common good. Another way to say that was that is a huge way to make the world just a little better. A little kinder. A little sweeter. Can you do that today? Not complicated, not hard, but, but incredibly important. So, folks, let's, let's return to the fishermen here. It's brought a smile for years that, you know, at the beginning of these four Gospels, you know, there's a call. Much of the call is to not, they weren't all fishermen, but a large number were. And that was sort of very much a, uh, you know, very regular, regular, regular job, blue-collar kind of work, right? And, and then by the end of it, we see them returning to those jobs. Now, they didn't return to those jobs because they had quit. You know, they were, well, we're not gonna be disciples anymore, we're just gonna go back to fishing. I don't think so at all. I think they went back to those jobs because they knew they could find God there too. God was part of that. God was so much part of their life now. Jesus' message so much had seeped into their DNA that they knew that even in those lives, they could easily find God. They could easily be reminded of their name, who they truly were. They could easily remember that call that came to them, where they were, as they were. That's powerful. And they knew, they knew so well that the, that the transcendent, the ordinary, could cross at places like in a fishing boat. So, as we often do here in New Church Live, we often do text messaging as, as part of the service. Now, what that means is we put up a question, and if you're watching the service today or you're watching it a year from now, it doesn't matter, you can always shoot me in an answer. And that's it's this question here. How would they see fishing differently? And think about for yourself, like, like how would you see fishing? How would you see your ordinary job differently if you'd had their experience? How would you approach it? How would you interact with people? What would that look like? And, and we, we, have this, we have this beautiful song coming up from Bob Dylan. There's a beautiful lyric in here where, where Dylan writes about, yeah, you know, it's, it's where we start to consider the maker's hand. Down into even ordinary, ordinary grains of sand, we start to consider the maker's hand. How do you imagine they would have done that in their ordinary lives as they returned to fishing? Enjoy the song. In the time of my confession, in the hour of my deepest need, when the pool of tears beneath my feet flood every newborn sea, there's a dying voice within me Reaching out somewhere Toiling in the dangers Of morals and despair 
Don't have the inclination To look back on any mistake Like Cain I behold this chain of events That I must break In the fury of the moment I can see the master's hand In every leaf that trembles And in every grain of sand Oh, the flowers of indulgence And the weeds of yesteryear like criminals they have choked the breath of conscience and good cheers the sun beat down upon the steps of time to light the way and the loneliness of idleness and the memory of decay i stare into the doorway of temptation's angry flame And every time I pass that way I always hear my name Then onward in my journey I come to understand That every hair is numbered Just like every grain of sand to riches in the sorrow of the night in the violence of a summer's dream in the chill of a wintry light in the bitter dance of loneliness reaching into space in the broken mirror of innocence on each forgotten space I hear the ancient footsteps Like the motion of the sea Sometimes I turn There's someone there Other times it's only me I am hanging in the balance Of a perfect finished plan like every sparrow falling Just like every grain of sand Hey everyone, this is your friendly reminder to make a donation to New Church Live. And it's super easy and there's a handful of ways. There's a QR code below, which will take you to the donate page, or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977, and you can make a donation that way. Or you can visit our website, www.newchurchlive.tv, and there's a donate tab there. Both places you can set up a reoccurring donation or you can make a one-time donation and all of your support helps fuel everything that happens here at New Church Live. We're so appreciative. Thank you all so much for making a donation. Thanks. Thank you, Angela. 
Ooh, you know, that's, that's such, a, ah, such a beautiful song. And, and, you know, hearing it and reading the comments back there, like, we, we know these things. We know these things. We know what a life of purpose actually is. And, and just let me read you a sampling of some of the beautiful things that, that people, people shared. Just gorgeous stuff. <laughs> Our fishing captain from Florida says, I know you're waiting for me to answer this one, LOL. Maybe they'd pause and see the beauty and mystery in their surroundings since their creator and know they were part of something miraculous. Fishing, there's no guarantee. You might catch a big one, a little one, or nothing, but give it a chance, a gift, and a blessing. 50 is, fishing is feeding the hungry versus cooperative action with friends. This was, this was one really struck me. I think they would fish with a lot more trust and a lot more enjoyment. Isn't that interesting? Like life with a lot more trust and a lot more enjoyment because we found purpose in the ordinary. Fishing scene is more than just making a living. Scene is a way to serve and sustain so many more lives who will in turn serve and sustain others. Another person beautifully wrote, they would see their profession as a use and how they can see people they interact with through the eyes of love, the potential, the potential angels in front of them. Fishing is a sacred place and space. Life is a sacred place and space. Do each other every good, be kind, be generous, listen, and love. Those are so good. Those are so good. I'm sure there's a lot more online. Folks, just because we live ordinary lives doesn't mean we're not living lives of great purpose. Living an ordinary life is living a life of great purpose. I mean, the language that was used there was, was beautiful. And all those people, I, I, I know them, I mean, I don't say their names, but, but these are all pretty ordinary people, just like you, just like me. And the resonance of all that, right? Because that life of purpose, folks, it's, it, it, it happens in that humility and that simplicity. Like I, That's what I was thinking how I would answer it, and that sort of led to the theme of this, this particular service, this message, was... was it would just leave me in this really humble part, space. You know, I'd be in that boat and I'd be thinking like, wow, God found me here. Here. In this ordinary space. And somehow in this very ordinary space, we come to know our name. We come to know the power of the name that God's given us, who we, who we are to be. And for some people, that will include the epic journey. For some people, that will include fame, but not for everybody, and that's okay. I love this famous quote about spiritual purpose. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And we can read that a number of different ways. One, which will be true for some people, it will be the big and the epic. Okay, we're at a, at a huge scale do I see that idea of my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meaning? And I would offer this to you today. You can also find it, if you're doing a football party today, it's right there. 
There are people right there in your little orbit who have a deep hunger. It may be a hunger around loss or a loss of meaning or a loss of relationship or some kind of other loss, but there's gonna be deep hunger at that party. And can you find that place in yourself where God has touched you in that ordinary way, called you by your name, met you in that fishing boat because now he's meeting you in a party over nachos. Can you find it there too? Can you find it and just allow it to slide in and go like, this is an extraordinary. I'm going to make the ordinary today extraordinary, extraordinary. And then what we sense, folks, is then we, and then we really do start to sense our name, that, that beautiful spiritual purpose. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Those are God's words. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Really start to see that. Is there power in that naming? Absolutely. I want to share with you a short video here, but I want to sort of give you a little precursor to it. I love this video. It's short. It's very powerful. This is a big, burly football player, college football player. And he's been raised by his stepdad. And uh, you can't see it. You can't see it. But he's changed his name, and it's on the back of his jersey, to his stepdad's name. He doesn't show his stepdad right away. But he does show him that's what this story is about. It's just this brief interaction, but it's so beautiful because it's the power of when we really start to discover our name, who we are in Christ, where that call is, where your purpose is. Enjoy this very short little video. Hey, you know how much I love you, right? Yeah. And how I always like treasure the time I have with you. Yeah. And now you're my world. I got my last name changed. I'm now George Grimway Musto. Look at my jersey. <laughs> I love you so much, Dad. <laughs> I love you. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um. It's a powerful video, and I don't, did, you, did you catch the part where the dad's cheek was just smeared with all his black face paint? I'm thinking that dad probably left it on all day so he could tell that story. Folks, that's beautiful. That's the power of the naming of purpose. That's the power. That's, that's what God seeks to, to have, this, have this come true in our lives, where, where we really have this sense of purpose. And here's the beautiful part. You know where you're going to find it? You know where you're going to be able to answer that question? Right where you are. Right where you are. So take the time to do that. Take, take the consideration to do that. Take, have the eyes to see that. See that in the ordinariness of life, which is so incredibly blessed and enriched. And in that process, 
Find your name. Hear your name. Find your purpose. And friends, live it. Live it with great joy. Amen. What we're going to do now is now we're going to do a little prayer and a little blessing, and then we'll have our wonderful musicians close us in song. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us today as best we can to find you in the ordinary, to find you with what is right in front of us, and to hear in that, that call to our purpose, that call to our name. As was said by your first followers, who we are in you, who we are in Christ. Allow us to hear that answer with simplicity, with humility, with trust, with generosity, with forgiveness, with grace, with service, and overall, most importantly, with love. Thank you, Lord. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. on your journey I'm the light to make it all clear on your way back home love told me not to worry you were always just enough no conditions to be worthy and accepted by love Your legacy will always carry on Long after you have gone There's nothing missing, nothing left behind You left it all when you went for the slide On your your way back home love is always there for you love is always there for you 
never forsaken you wherever it's taken you but it may say to you you don't need to worry I'll always be with you everywhere I'll find a way to reach you through a song through a prayer and when the music can open the lines from your heart to the other side the place of beauty the place of life the place where love will be arrived on your way back home on Great week, everybody.